100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt Podcast presented by Timber Ninja Outdoors in the Mountain Buck Q&A edition. So this type of podcast that I have here is different than the regular weekly show. So this one is a specific 10 to 20 minute episode that just dives into a specific topic based on the questions that you ask. So you can submit your questions to my email, boateastmeetswesthunt.com. Just put Mountain Buck Q&A in the, in the description of the email or the, the, the title of the email there. Uh, or you can comment on the YouTube videos that are the Q&A podcast, and I pull from there as well. And this one... This one is a specific question that I got from Matthew Johnson that wrote in uh, through email here. And so he, he gave a little background on himself about he's an adult onset hunter that uh, has only been hunting for two and a half years and just figuring out as he goes. And, and I've been seeing a lot more of this uh, through listeners of the podcast here and, and people that didn't ha- weren't as lucky as myself and having mentors to show them growing up and learning as a kid. And uh, I think that's awesome that, that a lot of these people are getting into hunting here, but he's hunting in New Hampshire, some big elevation stuff. Uh, and he was saying that they'd got snow last week and he wasn't really prepared for the cold once he stopped moving to the spots. And that's the reason for the, the questions here. And the first question that he had, and this is a, a kind of a two-parter, but foot insulation. So he looked at my gear list. So I did a Q&A last month talking about my full gear list for the rut. And he said, how'd you come up with 400 grams of insulation for your boots? Like what, what made you decide 400 gram? He said, insulated hiking boots are expensive and return policies might not cover, you know, a test set. And He's like, I have uninsulated boots and the Arctic Shield covers, but they only covered the hike in. Um, so uh, first of all, I forgot to, to put in that gear list article. I do use those Arctic Shield boot covers. I do think that they are junk um, in my opinion, but they do work. 
And the reason why I say they're junk, and maybe that's a little bit harsh, but they're super big and bulky and noisy. And if you're hunting out of a saddle, they're kind of tough to move around with. I used to have these boot covers called Hot Mocks, and I absolutely loved them. They were just a fleece cover that went over the top. I'd slip a body warmer in each side of them, and and they were great. But the the sides of my saddle platform ate away at the bottoms. They weren't durable. They were meant for sitting on a flat stand and uh, ruined them after a while. And that company is, is, to my knowledge, no longer in business, so I can't find them anymore. So I bought the Arctic Shields last year, and they do work. They're just bulky, kind of loud, and uh, not as not as packable to to be able to bring in. And so I'm I'm, I'm working on a solution for that. Uh, for, been been working on one for a while. But anyways, the reason why I've come up with 400 grams insulation, and actually, I uh, this year I was using. Um, some other boots, some schnees, bare tooths that were 200 gram. And the, here's something I that I've learned with with boots. And the reason why I like two or 400 gram insulation is because it's enough to keep you a little bit warm if you're stopping and you're there for a short period of time in cold weather. But it's not enough to make your feet sweat like crazy when you're walking in. My feet sweat. And if you're hiking in one to two miles to your spots, it, it can be tough. I can't wear rubber boots for that reason. The, you know, the thousand gram lacrosses and stuff, those are awesome boots, but they don't. To me, my feet sweat, then they get cold. So I like to have something that's a breathable leather boot that I can get in and and be able to utilize there. But the one thing that I noticed between the Krispies that I had in 400 and the Schnees that I had in 200 were that my Krispies I had were too small for my feet. They were just half a size too small. So when I wore big socks, they were tight and which really cuts off the insulation or cuts off the circulation to your feet there and it compresses that bigger sock so that sock's not really doing anything because it's compressing that insulation what you're trying to do is trap air and be able to have it in there to stay warm so my schnees which i actually thought might have been a little bit too big for me well now when i put bigger socks on and so so my crispies would have worked just fine but they were just the wrong size so think about this when you're thinking of sizing with boots but uh they so I can, I can fit a bigger sock in there, and I was actually able to stay warmer in colder weather with just just those boots and not any covers on. Now, when you start getting below freezing, for me, I, I need something else there. So what I'll do is I'll walk in, and before I go, I'll take one of those chemical hand warmers, the the ones where you just shake up and you know typically would put in your pockets, your hand muff or anything. I put the body warmers, the bigger ones. I, sl- I open them up out of the packet at my house and I slip them in both of those Arctic Shields, one in each. Wrap it up, put the pack the covers in until I get to my spot. That allows those to warm up. Now, as soon as you sit down, you want to put those on right away. Even though you're not cold yet, that's the whole purpose of it. And it goes the same way with layering with clothes. You want to trap that heat in. That's what those covers are meant to do. They're meant to trap the heat that you already have created based on your body and your output and your hiking in to be able to do that. Now, adding the hand warmer and everything there helps extend that and be able to make it work. But for me, that's that system as far as staying warm has done really well down into the low teens. Everybody has a little bit of a different tolerance to cold. So 
you know, I, I don't like giving exact temperatures there, but that's just what works for me personally. And the, I've heard of people, you know, I ha- I did a podcast, uh, when was that? Last year, um, where someone was talking about um, using wool socks to put over their, their toes, and it was Byron Horton. Um, so if you go back and look up Byron's uh, podcast there, you can listen to where he talked about putting a wool sock over the toes of the boots and slipping a hand warmer in there. I've heard of people using that as well. So that's that's another method that that doesn't create, or you don't need to have these big packable uh, boot covers, and uh, which I haven't really messed around with that a whole lot. I've just I've been using the covers, so that's that's kind of the method that I that I went with. But uh, he swears that that works pretty good. The next question is: Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. Or Before I even get into that, I want to say about clothing at the insulation is the same exact thing. So... I see it time and time again with people that are seasoned hunters. They'll hike in either with their warm clothes on and then they sweat and then they get cold. And they're like, oh, this jacket sucks. I got cold. Well, it's like that's because you sweated in it. And now that moisture is going to get cold. So you always want to go in light if you're you're heading in to sit all day or do whatever you want to wear. You almost want to be chilled at the beginning of your walk and you'll heat up as you go. And then once you get there... I typically let myself cool just a little bit, you know, not, not completely cool down, but maybe for a minute or so let like the, you know, if I'm sweating, just kind of let that work off of me, let my, you know, my, either my synthetic or Merino kind of pull that moisture away from my skin, go to the next layer. And then you want to trap that heat in. You don't want to wait until you start to get chilled. When you start to get chilled, it's almost too late to be able to put your extra clothes on. So you want to maintain having your body temperature up when you put everything on and that helps trap that heat in there. So that transitions to the next question that had to do with noise of your clothes. So he had said puffy things make more noise than soft shells, which make more noise than wool and canvas. Do you find that noise matters when you're wearing the right layers for the season? Now, there's there's two ways I'll answer that. Now, if you're gun hunting, I don't think noise matters nearly as much if you're planning on a shot that's a little bit further out. You know, I've wore puffy jackets that I use out west um, while I'm gun hunting because I'm not trying to get an animal within 15 yards, essentially, like I would be bow hunting. Bow hunting, that's that's a complete no-go for me. I, I think that is too loud, and it's not even just the movement of drawing your bow or doing anything that's loud. It's that brushing up against a tree or, you know... Yeah, hitting any any sort of branches or limbs or anything or rubbing up against each other, like as far as your arms, all that can make noise in like your t- 
traditional puffy type gear. I like soft shells. They're they're not as quiet as wool, but they give you the the protection from the weather and the wind. You know, for example, like the Stratus jacket from Sika or even the Jetstream jacket from Sika. Windproof, highly water resistant, and pretty dang quiet. It's not like dead silent like you'd get with wool, but it's pretty dang quiet that I can bow hunt with it and be able to move, rub up against a tree, and it's not going to make a ton of noise there. And then what I'll do is layer underneath that with like with a quiet um, puffy system, I guess you could call it, which is like the ambient jacket or hoodie that Sika makes that is able to trap that heat and still be able to have some movement underneath it. You don't want to stack too many clothes though underneath it to where it's tight because if your jacket is on and you have a bunch of layers on everything feels tight well now again you're compacting or i don't know if compacting is the right word but you're restricting that insulation and you're you're compressing it you're compressing that insulation and it's losing that r value in that in that heat value that you would traditionally get from trapping that air in there so you're almost better off wearing less clothes underneath it than a lot of clothes that are that are restricted and so, and now, so that comes down to if you're buying a jacket, it's like, do I size up? Well, I, I can't speak for all companies, but for Sika, they size their jackets meant for layering, uh, for, for some of the stuff underneath it. Now you're not going to throw a Stratus jacket. If you traditionally wear a size large, you're not going to throw a large over top of a puffy jacket. That's going to be too much. It's going to constrict. It's not meant for that type of insulation underneath it. So, so keep in mind, uh, those, those types of things as well. But like I said, for gun hunting, in my opinion, it doesn't matter as much, but, uh, I I do think noise matters. If you're trying to be in close and be in tight, it's a silent, still day, the colder the weather is, the quieter it is in the woods. So I try to find a balance there on getting the right layering system and also being able to stay warm. So I hope that helps. Uh, I did, I've done some articles and stuff. If you go to eastmeetswesthunt.com slash journal about layering and things there that you can refer back to. And I actually think I did a Mountain Buck Monday episode that was audio only. Uh, man, I think that was 2021 where I talked about layering for cold weather. And, um, and then I did a podcast last year in 2022 when I was up in Alberta hunting and doing some product testing for Sika and negative 25 degree weather talking about layering with Jim Holt Jr. who's a renowned outfitter up there that's known for killing really big deer and super cold weather so a lot of other resources there if you want more details on this topic uh, but with that being said I appreciate you listening. I love doing these these Q&A episodes here. So keep keep the questions coming. And uh, if you like the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, anyone you think that could benefit from it. And uh, yeah, give it a rating and review. That being said, good luck and stay safe. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.